Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our podcast partners, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, the Florida Coaches Coalition, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, and We Coach. You've heard me say many times, these are four great organizations. You really need to add them to your network. And now, don't hit that fast forward button. Spend the next three minutes. Take a listen to our shout outs for our sponsors. These are all companies that I used as a coach or as an athletic director. You should be using them too. Here we go. We want to thank Home Campus, which is the exclusive high school and state association information management platform of the podcast. Home Campus is also your one-stop platform for scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, uh, association connections, and so much more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just fantastic, and you'll love it too. To get signed up, go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. Uh, get signed up with their program. We also want to say thank you to Gipper. Speaking of exclusive, Gipper is the exclusive social media graphic solution for our podcast. And if you go to gipper.com, they're going to show you how to create custom content for your school social media channel. Uh, create sports graphics in seconds, celebrate your athletes, promote your teams. It's used by over 3,000 athletic programs across the country. It's professional graphic design made simple. Go to gipper.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. That's gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms, including SnapRaise, their fundraising platform. But there's so much more. If you're looking for a great fundraiser, Go to SnapRaise. If you're looking to make your job a little bit easier, go to SnapRaise. Check out their entire suite of platforms. It's all at SnapRaise.com. We also want to say thanks to District 1. That's W-O-N, DistrictWON.com. And you're going to feel like you've won because District 1 is going to give you uh, custom uniforms in 20 business days or less. And get this. You have one-at-a-time replacements forever. You'll never need to order a full set of uniforms when you only need to replace one or two. Go to district1won.com, click on the Team Gear button, find out what they can do for you, district1.com. We also want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. The Wall of Fame is actually um, uh, dedicated a touchscreen video console that allows you to recognize your student athletes in all aspects, athletics, academics, arts, uh, their greatest moments uh, and the greatest moments of your school. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their great products. And when you're ready to order, tell them you heard about it on the podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. That's Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Bring your school's legacy to life. We want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to Huddle.com. Change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that allowed them to coach their kids at the highest level. Go to Huddle.com. See why we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. 
Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a huddle school. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets for all your events, scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com right now. Simple and easy online ticketing. That's hometown ticketing. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor scoring tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo to see their tables and their boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Their products not only generate income for your athletic department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to show you how they can create a custom survey that will allow you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. ADs only um, hear about the complaints, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys will connect you with that 2%, but also with the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool. Go to athleticsurveys.com. See all the things that they can do for you. That's athleticsurveys.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Got a really cool guest today. We're going to be traveling to Houston, Texas, and visit with Tamika Newman. Uh, she is uh, many, many things. She's a former college athlete. Uh, she's currently a coach. She's a published author. She's a very in-demand speaker, a consultant, also uh, a broadcaster for uh, volleyball on ESPN. Uh, Tamika Newman, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you guys today. Well, we appreciate you making time. I know it's a busy uh, time for you, uh, even with summer. For our listeners, we're recording this on June 13th, so it's going to be very timely by the uh, time you're listening to it. Um, Tamika, let's go and jump right into it. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to high school and college. Maybe take us up through your own college years, then we'll take our first break. And when we come back, we'll hear more about your uh, your current career. But what's the Tamika Newman origin story? All right. So I'm from Houston. I'm one of five children born to my mother. I was eventually raised by my grandparents, grew up in a big family. Uh, my early life consisted of school, home, and going to church. So I was raised in the church about 12 years old. I started getting interested in sports. My grandmother wasn't a huge fan of it, didn't really support it that much, but tried out for the middle school teams um, and then really just kind of fell in love with it. Uh, was very raw talent. I'm about five, eight and a half. So I, I've been this height since the seventh grade. So it was tall then. Um, loved both basketball and volleyball and couldn't decide which one I wanted to play. Um, in addition to that, I had a dream of being the next Pam Oliver. Some people, some people might not know who that is, oh, yeah. but she's the yeah. So I was gonna be Pam Oliver. 
or I was going to play in the WNBA because by the time I was 13, the WNBA had formed and the Houston Comets were here. So all of these things, these interests were happening right about 12 or 13 years old. Um, and so going to high school, didn't go to a very successful high school at the time. It had some success in the 90s, but I was more in the early 2000s. So went to high school, did volleyball, basketball, and track. Uh, got a chance to do basketball at the varsity level really early. Um, so freshman year. Um, and that was interesting. Just was an undersized post player, but I was tough. I was gritty. Uh, so did all three of those sports and helped that school go to the playoffs for the first time in volleyball in 13 years of basketball. It had been 20 years. And then I, for track, I ended up being a discus thrower. So I made it to the Texas State uh, track meet in the discus. No one in my family had gone to college to play athletics. Not very many people had gone to college at all. I had this audacious dream that I was going to do both basketball and volleyball. Uh, so recruiting process was very slow because I couldn't afford to do club volleyball, but I did get a chance to play on a sponsored AU team, a couple tournaments a summer for like two summers there. So I ended up getting discovered for basketball first for Prairie View A&M, which is down the road from Houston. It's between Houston and Texas A&M. Uh, basketball coach gave me a call and asked me if I, you know, I wanted to come play. He saw me at a local AAU tournament in Houston. And I said, yeah, but you know, there's one thing, you know, can I play volleyball as well? Um, and for those who don't know, Prairie View is a small division one college. Most of the programs back then did not have full scholarships. He said, well, you know, let me get back to you. In the meantime, the volleyball coach had received a call from a former, the former coach at Prairie View, who was now a high school coach, who saw me playing at a at a high school game, and she kind of said, "Hey, this kid, I think she can she can play at this level. She's raw, but she's gonna do well." And so, by the time he talked to her and she realized I was that individual, they both agreed I could come, and um, I got a chance to play two sports in college. <laughs> And uh, that was a huge transition. I was very self-motivated, uh, considered myself a leader, worked really hard. Uh, as you heard, I didn't have the resources, so I knew it was going to be on me. But transitioning to college was very, very hard. <laughs> very, very hard. So had my bumps and bruises along the way. By the second year of doing both sports, Cynthia Cooper, Hall of Women's Basketball Hall of Famer, it was her first year coaching college. I was her first group at Prairie View. But by the time that season was about midway through, I realized that it was great. It was an honor. I was grateful that I got a chance to do both, but I was extremely tired. <laughs> and so decided I was just going to finish out the rest of my career as a volleyball player. Um, and it paid. I mean, it was a great decision because the very next year we won the conference. And then my senior year, I was conference player of the year. Um, so I had a magical run for a kid who got to sports late, started in seventh grade, wasn't a year-round competitor. Um, but I attributed to being a multi-sport athlete. And then starting late, I didn't have a lot of bad habits. So had a really high ceiling. So had an amazing college career, got a degree in communications. But I graduated right into the recession, the very first one. I believe Obama was in office. Um, hadn't done enough internships. Uh, had, hadn't gotten any real work experience and decided to go to graduate school at Texas Southern, which is in Houston. So came home, 
went to Texas Southern, was pursuing an MBA, uh, working in athletics for the athletic director just as a graduate assistant, did some operations for women's basketball, and was coaching at a charter school here in town and decided I wanted to coach. So by the time I graduated, I went right into public school education as a high school coach at some of the bigger schools here in Houston. And I think that's a great stopping point because I kind of had a career change there after 10 years coaching high school and clubs. So. Yeah, you uh, you got us out of your college experience. Uh, and again, I love to hear the stories, particularly, you know, from multi-sport athletes. Uh, and you, you, you talked about the challenges of, of juggling those two. Um, looking back, uh, you know, you're successful, as we've mentioned, you know, coach, author, speaker, et cetera. Looking back to those days as a multi-sport athlete in high school, uh, and I love the track because I was a big track guy myself. Um, any lessons stick out for you from those days that you still use today as a leader with the people that you coach? Uh, anything come to mind? Any lessons? Obviously, I learned to be a great communicator because time management and co conflicts with different events was a thing. Incredible resilience because while I was excited about doing all those sports. I didn't wake up every day motivated to do those sports. <laughs> I was extremely exhausted. Um, but getting along well with others and figuring out what role you need to play within different groups. Cause I'd be, you know, I'd go to volleyball and I needed to be the, you know, the vote. I didn't, I needed to be the vocal leader. Then I go to basketball. I needed to be the person who just led by example. There were already so many vocal people because I would come so after the season had started. Um, so really learning how to work well with others, being on two teams a year for all those years, well, three sometimes, you really, really, your people skills improve. Those interpersonal communication skills improve drastically because of that. So just embracing all of that was huge. Yeah. And again, those are skills that you mentioned, you know, recognizing your own gifts and what you can contribute and what the team needs at that moment. That's some upper level thinking there. Probably what led you to, be, to becoming a coach, you know, as coaches, you know, we were doing that constantly with our team, you know, trying to put kids in the right place. Uh, you know, you were doing that back when you were a student athlete. Very cool. For our listeners today, uh, our guest is Tamika Newman. Uh, she was an outstanding college athlete. She's currently a coach, a speaker, an author, uh, also does a little broadcasting on the side. We're going to take our first break, uh, but please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Home Campus, which is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for the podcast. Home Campus is also your one-stop platform for scheduling for student-athlete eligibility and clearance, and so much more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just fantastic. And the Home Campus team was great, too. To find out more about all the things that Home Campus can do for you and your program, just go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com. They're going to show you how to create custom sports graphics literally in seconds to help promote your teams, your athletes, and your program. 
Go to Gipper.com. They're used by over 3,000 athletic departments, both high school and college across the country. And they will show you how to make professional graphics in such an easy way. It's so easy, even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast. You'll get a nice little discount. That's Gipper.com. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Tamika Newman from Houston, Texas. Uh, Coach, you you kind of took us through, you know, those post-college years, those early coaching jobs. Talk a little bit about that journey. I think a lot of our listeners include younger athletic directors, younger coaches. And uh, uh, I, I think it's more common for this generation to think they're going to find that perfect job right out of college. And doesn't always work that way. So share a little bit about your journey. All right. I I tell this story a lot, but I showed up to coaching with very little things in my coaching toolkit. And when I look back on it, I thought I had a ton. I thought I had so much value and I was ready, but I was about 25 years old. And the only thing I had in my coaching toolkit was I had a great work ethic. I played sports in college. And that was about it. I was professional. I had an amazing resume. I interviewed well. That was it. And I got a really high profile uh, high school job here. Walked onto a team with a division one senior who was went on to be all American, all everything. And many more were going to follow. So very quickly, I found out I was going to have to manage tons of conflict every day. Um, I'm, I was the, the head coach, so I had two coaches under me. I had a very healthy program, about 50 athletes between varsity, JV, and freshmen. Uh, and so just managing, making decisions, and being consistent with those right away was, I had no idea how to do those things. Giving feedback effective feedback to players so they buy into it be receptive to it and then get better um, managing personalities and egos you know parent meetings so um in hindsight I showed up with very little in my toolkit and so uh we'll get to this later but I started grit and grind athletics with the idea that I wanted coaches to have more in their toolkit because I eventually burned out because I had to learn all those things on the job, which we know you're going to learn a great deal of things on the job, but there were some things I probably should have, uh, should have been onboarded much better. I think, uh, from those people that were over me, those, uh, supervisors and ADs and, and athletic coordinators, I like, God, they could have, did a little bit more, I think, you know, so it was just really, really bumpy. Um, the first three or four years, very successful when you look at our record, but every year I was completely exhausted. So. Yeah. You, you hear the expression. Um, I just used it earlier today. Um, you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, younger coaches, you know, or anyone new to something, new ADs, you know, if you've never done it before, um, you know, and, and again, I can look at myself a hundred years ago, getting out of college and getting that first coaching job. You know, you think, you know, it all, uh, but you just don't know. Um, and you bring up a great point too, about um, our leaders, or in, in this case, when we are leaders, the people that are, uh, we're trying to develop, 
you know, we need to know how to help each coach become the best they can be. We're going to, again, we're going to talk about grit and grind and some best practices, but um, as you were getting, as you were continuing on your journey, were there any moments uh, that you can single out kind of aha moments that sort of led you to think, Hey, I need to be doing this. And this was grit and grind. Any uh, uh, aha moments jump out for you? An eventual kind of crash and burn just about maybe year eight. Uh, I said, God, you know, I, I believe that you put it in my heart to do this, but this has been, this has been horrible to me. This hasn't, this career hadn't been very nice to me. Um, and that particular year is at a pretty affluent school with some talent, but they were on a down year. They had won a state title two or three years before. So parents, their expectations go up tremendously. Uh, but that year was probably the most parent confrontation, the most egos um, on the teaching side. I'm a special education teacher. Um, the children that I had, the kids that I had and some of their disabilities were ramped up and I wanted, wasn't as qualified to deal with them. So tons of fallout from that every day dealing with that. But yeah, I thought, gosh, you, you know, I'd send me a sign I'm supposed to be doing this. <laughs> and I always say it came in the form of, you know, I had an epiphany and it was just a very simple statement. And it was just, you can do this another way. And so through some self-reflection, I arrived at the other way to do coaching and ed being education and all that. But um, there was so many moments that year that just, I was like, oh man, I've got to do something else. So probably that one, yeah, I'll, I'll roll with that one. That whole season, that whole job. <laughs> well, and again, we hear that quite frequently from successful people like yourself, that that ability. And and you already had, we've already talked about that back when you were in high school. Uh, you you kind of what can I provide the team? How can I help this team? That ability to self reflect, and you know, you knew you wanted to coach. You just didn't want to do it this particular way or in this setting. So, and again, that's higher level thinking. Very cool stuff. Um, boy, this is great. I'm really excited. Uh, for our listeners, we're visiting today with Tamika Newman. Uh, she's a coach. She's a speaker. Uh, she's a published author. We're going to hear about that. Let's go and take another quick break, but we're coming back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to the good folks at Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. You're going to find an entire suite of different platforms that are going to help you as an athletic director or coach do your job better. Of course, there's SnapRaise, their fundraising platform. We've used that with tremendous success, and so can you. But you've got Snap Sponsor, Snap Connect, Snap Manage, Snap Store. Uh, the list goes on. You can find them all at Snap raise.com they're more than just fundraising but make sure you check out their fundraising platform too snapraise.com we also want to say thanks to district one that's w-o-n district one and you're going to feel like you've won because district one offers you fully custom premium uniforms you can get on-time delivery in 20 business days or less and the best part 
they have one-at-a-time replacements. You'll never have to order a full set of uniforms. You only need to replace one or two. Stop dealing with late deliveries. Go to district1.com. That's W-O-N. Click on the team gear button for your free quote. District1.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Tamika, one of my favorite segments in our podcast interviews is when our guests get to share some of the mentors that they've had in their career. None of us get to where we're at on our own. So who are some of the folks that have helped you along the way? I have to think all the way back to my Sunday school teacher, uh, Sister Peggy Young. And I just remember that she really, really drove home with us to make your decisions early. Um, and what she meant by that was to know what was really, she didn't use the words, really a non-negotiable for you, what you weren't going to do. So when we were a teen, obviously she was pushing, you know, you got to have your mind made up. You're not going to give in to peer pressure to do drugs, right, to drink. Um, among other things, she always pressed us to make your mind up now because it's, when the moment is on you, you're not going to be able to do that. You may compromise your values. I later turned that into what I call a decision-making checklist for leaders, and we'll talk about that later. But then I had Stefan Robinson. He was our sports information director at Prairie View. When I stopped playing basketball and I had the spring and winter free, I started working in sports information because remember my original goal was to work in sports media. And so I remember he was such a stickler for the press releases and do it right. And if you can't do it right the first time, when do you think you're going to have time to do it right again, you know, do it over again. He was a stickler for professionalism. You know, he's got me starting to think about, I know you're an athlete and you have sweats, but maybe you should come in here a little bit more business casual and not casual casual um so the attention to detail and professionalism and just presenting yourself uh, like a young person that someone would want to hire was huge for me yeah that's a, i think a lesson that um i'm not gonna say everyone but I think a lot of us go through is you know making that transition from you know the young you know college you know uh star or or maybe you think you're a star uh to now okay you know you're moving into that adult realm um gonna put you on the spot here um as a leader as a coach in your current role um do you have any ways that you try to plant that seed in the young people you know and whether that's junior high high school or even college uh today to help them uh have that tool in their toolkit or their toolbox. Anything come to mind? Just that, you know, just you know, communicating the expectations of what it means to be on time, uh, what is appropriate dress, uh, what's appropriate communication, you know, greeting people when you reach out through email and text, that's huge. I'm correcting that every day. Um, taking care of your space, taking care of um, our gym, our home our gym, our locker room, our bus, our classroom, our meeting rooms, taking care of that space, having some care there, um, teaching them to self-advocate, you know, to speak up, let others know what your goals are, what you're interested in, letting adults know when you're struggling and how they can help. 
um, which are some things I didn't mention, but he also taught me that as well. And then helping them understand that every interaction they have with a, with a with an individual or someone is an opportunity um, is maybe like an interview and that you could be sitting next to your boss. So when we're in a restaurant, we're not going to engage in inappropriate conversation. When you're just in the restroom and you're with your friend and you think you guys are joking, um, we're not going to have inappropriate conversations. Um, we're not going to wear our, you know, our athletic slides. We're going to put on clothes because you may run into someone who's like, oh, this young person's really mature and they're really put together. Oh, I'm always telling them that they're um, kind of on an interview um, for maybe their future job. So reminding them of that usually um, helps them out a great deal because they, again, like you said, they think, oh, I'm just young. I'm an athlete. Doesn't matter. Just reminding them everything matters in the grand scheme of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great lessons. Let's go ahead and jump uh, ahead. Let's talk about grit and grind. Um, you know, let our uh, our listeners know. And again, our listeners are athletic directors across the country, even around the world, uh, and coaches. What is grit and grind? And you know, for somebody who who would have no clue, why should they care? Awesome. So the name grit and grind, uh, the grit is referencing the mental fortitude you need to strive toward excellence every day. And the grind is just the sweat equity. And so combining the two, um, simply stating that you need both to be successful in any area of life. And so after about 10 years of coaching, a few things stood out to me, a few problems I wanted to solve, which really caused me to, to create grit and grind. The first was I coached at a fairly affluent school, mostly affluent schools, but the quality of volleyball, low resource schools was so bad because they couldn't afford the really fancy summer camps you take your team to. Most didn't do travel ball, which I did as well. So the very first service, I decided to get out of high school athletics. The very first service I provided was team volleyball camps and low resource areas. And I did that as like 50% of what a college or a high level club team would come in and do that for. I went to their place. So I traveled all over the state. Um, as of now, I've traveled all over the country, but it started all over the state, which is far. It's a lot of driving. It's Texas. And I said, I'd go anywhere. So I've been to a town, you know, the small towns with a couple thousand and I've been to Dallas, the, you know, Metroplexes. So it was quality volleyball, affordable volleyball. And then I took a job at Prairie View. So I coached two years. I was a college assistant, coached that season, then COVID hit. And after reflecting on my journey and why I burned out was what I called it at the time, I thought coaches' professional development was, was huge, but not your standard go to coaching clinics. You know, I have the tagline, you don't need another drill. You know, if you've been doing this for a while, even after a couple of years, especially you played at a high level, you don't need another drill, but you do need improved systems. You do need to improve your communication and how you communicate, manage and model expectations. You do need to improve how you give feedback and all this stuff. And so created a course. So that was the second thing. I created a course during COVID. I ran that course in 12 week cohorts for about a year and a half. Um, and from that course, when the world opened back up, I started to partner with athletic director, athletic 
programs and sports organizations to bring the content to an in-person workshop format. And so they'd kind of tell me what their challenges were. I'd scaffold through the course and say, okay, this is what they need. This is what they need. And I do all sport in services. And then specifically I do, and then I would be able to specifically do volleyball clinics, but again, combining that personal development piece to uh, coaching. And uh, I think the, yeah. So, I, and then I also do mental skills training. I got really passionate about that. I thought about all of the really talented players I was starting to work with, how they had all started at like seven or eight years old, but mentally no one was developing that piece. So these kids were getting the best and the most physical training of any generation, but mentally they weren't making the jump. And so um, I thought, let me help coaches help athletes. So mental skills became a service that I provide and I do that individually. And then um, some teams bring me out to do some sessions. Yeah. Again, let's go and give out the, uh, the website. It's TamikaNewman.com. Uh, really encourage you to, to visit it. There's a tremendous number of resources. Um, we're going to talk about some of those uh, after we take our quick break. Once again, uh, our guest is Tamika Newman, uh, author, coach, uh, ESPN broadcaster. Um, we're going to be back with some more grit and grind, but uh, let's take another quick break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our good friends at Vital Signs Wall of Fame. You know, they're on a mission to help you bring your school's legacy to life. The Wall of Fame is actually an interactive touchscreen video console that's going to highlight your school's top performers, both past and present, in academics, athletics, and the arts. But it's so much more than that. Uh, it's a great way to display your school's record boards for all your teams, for all the events, or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply allow you to tell more compelling stories. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their great products, and when you're ready to order, mention the podcast, you'll get a nice little discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thank you to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that helped them coach our kids to their highest potential. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users and turn your school into a Huddle school. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Um, Tamika, we uh, had just recently give, gave out the uh, website, which let's do again, TamikaNewman.com. Uh, talks about all your services, talks about your bio, et cetera. Also talks about uh, the library of books that you have created. Um, share with our listeners, uh, you know, a couple of the books uh, that are particularly meaningful to you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So I took a brave step of writing a book. I believe it was 2020. And it is called Grateful and Greedy, Challenging and Redefining What It Means to Win in Life. And it's sort of a 
memoir slash self-help book. And it takes you on my journey from childhood, some of those challenges, um, how that shaped me um, through college into adulthood. And then each chapter kind of has a lesson. It goes into some coaching stories that are really funny in my early coaching years, um, some not so funny into the birth of my daughter, Zuri, who's seven. And uh, yeah, so I love that one. It was great. Learned a lot. I was uh, self-published. And the next two projects, I got a little help. So I'm, uh, I wrote a chapter in Athlete, From Athlete to Entrepreneur, which is amazing. Um, and it is really illustrating to athletes that you learn so many skills being an athlete uh, and helping them to think about how they might use those skills in their professional life, specifically working for themselves because they have those time management, they have a great work ethic, all that good stuff. And then the third one, probably my favorite, end up being an Amazon bestseller, is The Impact of Influence. And I was in volume four, I believe, but I joined some coaches and educators from all over the country who talked about who influenced the way that they work with young people. So in most cases, it was a coach. It was an athletic director. It was a teacher. It was someone at the rec center in their neighborhood. And so I love writing that. Um, all of those books, the impact of influence, I love taking that with me to coaching workshops to pass on to coaches to remind them that, that their um, influence is going to impact the young people they work with and then impact the people, how they work with, with young people once they become adults. Um, so love being an author. It was a dream. I didn't know I had huge, huge book, uh, huge, huge reader. Um, so really, really loved, uh, the process of being an author. Sometimes I forget, I can't even believe it that I got that done, but COVID gave everybody an opportunity, especially coaches, especially somebody like me who had been so driven probably since I was eight years old to be something. I'd never slowed down to assess, well, how did I get here? Because there's some things, there's some success leaves clues. So I had to go back and see, oh, how did I get to this point? And I was able to write that down. And I'm most important that my daughter can see my legacy in my own writing one day uh, when she gets interested in, write, in reading the book. <laughs> Um, as someone who's um, authored a couple books myself, I'm always curious about the process. So from the idea in that first time you sat down and said, I'm, I'm actually writing a book to fruition, you know, when um, it was for sale on Amazon, uh, about how long was that process for you? I think my part initially, I was done in 120 days. I actually scrolling the internet saw a thing, write a book in 90 days. And I said, oh man, you know, love a challenge. We were heading into COVID, decided to do that, end up writing it in 120. And then just due to not knowing some things, the editing process took a bit long, but I would say maybe about 150 days, it was on Amazon and in people's hands. So really pushed myself the first 16 days after I got out of the concept phase, what am I going to talk about? What angle I'm going to take? I created a um, book flow. And then I wrote for about five hours a day for 16 straight days. And then I, I kind of burned out. And then it went down to about two hours a day. But I came out of the gate super motivated because of that 90-day challenge. 
And while I didn't do it in 90 days, when I hear people say they've been trying to write a book for years, I'm real excited about my 150 days. <laughs> you know, so love no, it, that process. I, I, I'm right there with you. You know, once you make that decision, you sit down, it, it actually flowed, uh, I, I guess, much easier than I thought. Of course, there were, you know, those moments where you're pulling your hair out and you're thinking, am I ever going to finish this? But, uh, you know, looking back, it was it was really enjoyable. Uh, once again, for our listeners, the name of the book, Grateful and Greedy, Challenging and Redefining what it means to win in life and the authors, Tamika Newman. Uh, you can find it all on her website, which is Tamika Newman.com. Um, Tamika, uh, we always uh, throw this out too uh, for our listeners. If they want to reach out and, and pick your brain a little bit, um, is the website the best way to get in touch with you or is there a separate email? My email um, client at Tamika Newman.com is great. Great way to catch me. Okay. Client, so that's clients. Client at com. Okay. Yes. And I won't try to sell you anything, but that's just the best place to receive those inquiries. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take another quick break. Once again, our guest is Tamika Newman. Uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets at your school online, how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And here's the best part. Every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager from hometown that's providing you hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Hometown's also not just for athletic events. You can sell your tickets online for things like school plays and concerts, school dances, even graduation. You'll find it all at hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com right now. Schedule a live web demo and see their tables and their boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an AD was our Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Table. Their products not only generate income for your athletic department, they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule that live web demo. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back to the Educational AD Podcast. Tamika, one of the topics that we've had almost since the podcast began has to do with this idea of coaching toughness. Um, I tell the story. A hundred years ago, when I was in high school, uh, our coaches would say things like, you know, come on, you got to be tough. Or come on, Jake, you got to suck it up. And I think we understood what they meant and we did it. But in the many years since I was in high school, you know, we figured out much better ways. To, to coach our kids. Uh, but I still think toughness is an important aspect of sports and for life. So here's my question for you. How can a coach or an athletic director uh, help a Generation Z kid to develop toughness while also being aware of uh, the many, many challenges that they are going through today that I never had to experience, you know, back when I was in high school? Do you have any advice for us? 
I love talking about toughness because the first place I think we need to start is defining it or rather redefining it. And so when I think about toughness, because I teach athletes that their biggest opponent is themselves, I'm talking about you being tougher than yourself, you being better than your thoughts, your, you know, you having courage, you fighting against tiredness and being scared and all of those things. So defining that toughness is you really challenging yourself to be better today than you were yesterday. Challenging yourself to, if this area, if you get stopped up at this same spot, if this challenge is stopping you every day to how do you defeat that? You know what I mean? So defining toughness, I think is huge. And then pointing out times when that toughness, the way I describe it, is necessary. You know, if I've been talking about toughness as we're training, as we're going through a season, I'm talking about toughness. Like, hey, we lost yesterday. And today your body's going to be telling you, hey, I don't want to do this. Mentally, you're checked out. Um, all of those things. But how are you fighting back against that mindset that says, hey, I just want to coast today. I'm kind of checked out. So defining it, then managing it, point, managing it, having those co constant conversations, scripting it and talking about this is when you've got to show some toughness. This is what it looks like. And this is when it needs to show up. Hey, let's bring out that toughness. Um, and then modeling it. And I'm big on coaches, professional, personal development. But when I start talking about being tough, that's getting knocked down and getting back up, whether that's figuratively or actually getting knocked down, like in those physical sports, um, what? I always say there's coaches, I'll look at some coaches, they can't even make it through a season. They're, they're fatigued, they're being negative, they're not responding well to losing. Um, they're not being very, very tough. And so the athletes are watching for you to be who you said you are and who you're requiring and challenging them to be. Um, I found that, and this was me as well, that we're great, coaches are great at challenging. A lot of us are great at that. That's why we've won big. We've been very successful. We've upset people. We've developed really good athletes. But this generation, I think the support needs to be even greater. If you're going to present them with this mountain of a challenge, then the support needs to be great. So tons of check-ins, um, tons of praise when they are being tough by our def by your definition um, works really, really well. So I really think defining what it means to be tough is key. And we probably got to redefine that because we know what toughness meant when, when uh, in previous generations. Now you're, you hit it right on the head is, you know, with, with this generation, and it's not a right, wrong, good or bad. It's just how it is. Um, you just really need to define and explain, uh, communicate exactly what you mean and you you talked about it earlier about building relationships you know with the students and as an athletic director building relationships you know with the coaches um you know very very cool stuff boy this has been uh, a lot of fun i've enjoyed uh, spending time with you but we're not done yet uh we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox now you certainly know your way around the world of athletics even though you're not an ad but uh 
we're going to uh, take our final break. And when we come back, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So uh, stay with us. Uh, we're coming back. Uh, this is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors usually only hear the complaints, uh, the gripes from that 2%. And Athletic Surveys will connect you with the 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that really love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking to a frustrated parent or your principal or maybe your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com, schedule a, a meeting. They're going to show you how they can set up a custom survey that allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Check them out today. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting today with Tamika Newman, uh, coach, uh, speaker, and author, um, certainly uh, an expert in all things athletics. But right now I'm going to challenge her to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in their toolbox. So Tamika Newman, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? All right. Well, the first is a decision-making checklist. The minute you get the job and sign your contract, there's decisions that need to be made, big and small. And that checklist looks something like this. Number one, this decision they want me to make, does it align with the school mission and values? Number two, does it align with my personal values? Number three, how much time do I have? Because I've made rush decisions before. Number four, am I missing any information? And then number five, what's going to be the domino effect? What's going to be the ripple effect? When I make this decision, uh, what's going to be a result of that? What's going to happen after? And so I wish I had that when I started coaching at 25 years old because there were decisions that needed to be made around the clock and people are watching, they're paying attention and they're looking for some consistency and they're looking for the why. And so this process really helps you out. Number two, give people a clean slate every day. If I had to do use one word, I would say, put some grace in your toolbox. You're gonna have to give people grace um, give coaches grace. Some people miss timelines, deadlines, uh, misinterpret rules, saying with athletes, they're going to do something unsportsmanlike, um, just something that doesn't represent the school. And you need to give people grace. And because guess what? Sometimes I need grace when I'm an AD and I'm like, coach, I am so sorry. I thought I sent that to you and I did not. So put some grace in your toolbox. The third thing, some mentors mentors truly truly and it can be people in athletics people in business because in a sense we're running a business um spiritual mentors uh, i'm a believer in christ so i would put some mentors that have the same faith as me so mentors is key and then lastly 
if you, uh, I'd like to offer myself, I can be one of those mentors in your toolbox. I'm always open to giving uh, some guidance and support to coaches and athletes just to help them to win on and off the field. Um, so that's the toolkit. Boy, uh, you probably saw me furiously uh, writing those down, uh, you know, your, your initial checklist. Uh, I, I love the way you, uh, I won't say snuck, uh, inserted multiple tools into that uh, first suggestion. Uh, Tamika Newman, one more time, if one of our listeners wants to reach out and connect with you, we know the website, TamikaNewman.com. Check it out. It's great. How can they get in touch with you personally and professionally? Yeah, so my email address, clients at TamikaNewman.com is great. I'll respond to you fairly quickly from there. I'm on all social media. So Facebook, it's just Tamika Newman. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Coach No Excuses. At Coach No Excuses. LinkedIn, first name, last name. Uh, same with Instagram. So on all those sites, for sure. And always open to receiving inboxes and really great at responding back. All right. Well, Tamika, thanks again for spending some time with our listeners today. All the best moving forward with your program. And um, hopefully our paths are going to cross down the road sometime. Yes. Looking forward to it. Thank you again. I, I hope somebody could get anything, you know, if they got one thing that I, I'm happy that I was here. For our listeners, we do this just about every day and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening. Come back next time for uh, another great interview and just about every day for new content on the Educational Lady Podcast. We'll see you next time.